Welcome to TTM Cast One on One with Jeff Baker. Every Wednesday, we'll bring one on one interviews with hobby professionals, former athletes, authors, and collectors. Sponsored by Certified Sports Guarantee. Go to csgcards.com for sports card grading for the win. And by sportscollectorsdaily.com. If it happens in the hobby, you'll find it on sportscollectorsdaily.com. Here's our host, Jeff Baker, with this week's interview. Hello, everybody, and welcome to TTM Cast One on One. It is February 22nd, a Wednesday. We're almost done with February, Drew. I can't believe this. My name is Jeff Baker. I'm the host of your fine, fine program, and I'm joined by my friend and co-host from Dallas, Texas, Drew Pelto. Hey, Drew. Hey, good to be here as always. Drew, it's kind of weird not having a show on Saturday. You know, we've been we've been like cranking along every week. I don't think we missed a week last year. And I, I did some travel in this past weekend, so we didn't do a show Saturday. It was kind of weird. How about for you? Yeah, I mean, I got to sleep in, which was real nice. But that's that's yeah, it felt <laughs> weird though the rest of the day. Your wife must have been like, Are you okay? Are you okay? <laughs> I warned her beforehand. I said, Hey, uh, yeah, no show tomorrow. She's like, Oh, okay, that's that's weird. And I'm like, Yeah, yeah, spring training, you know how it goes. Well, guys, we have a, a really fun uh interview this week. I spoke with Swen Nader. Swen Nader is the um, I think I don't know if he's the only person, but one of the few people that never started a game in college. He played four years of college, never started a game, and he was drafted in the first round. So he was uh, uh, a seven-foot center. He played He was played on two UCLA championship teams in the, in the early 70s, late 60s, early 70s. And then he went on to start in the ABA and NBA. So we're going to talk to Swen about his playing career. And Swen is a huge signer. He loves signing through the mail. So we're going to talk a little signing autographs. So uh, let's get going, Drew. Ba- uh, batting leadoff. We have our ha- hobby happenings. Let's get the show started. Leading off, we look at hobby happenings. Smart collectors turn to Sports Collectors Daily to stay up to date. From new releases to incredible collections hitting the auction block, news from inside the business of sports collectibles, and much more, Sports Collectors Daily has it, all with no subscription cost. SC Daily also delivers a live look at the most watched sports card auctions on eBay for every sport. Sign up to get the headlines in your email for free or just visit the website whenever you like. With 16,000 stories in the archive going back 16 years, there is always plenty to read at sportscollectorsdaily.com. What'd you think? You like that name? Yeah, yeah, that works out really well. <laughs> well, uh, as we said earlier, I I took uh, last week off on Saturday off because we didn't we uh, I was traveling, and my wife decided to take me to spring train to Florida for Valentine's Day. So we I went we went for I don't know five days, and uh, guys, Florida is awesome. It's like eighty to eighty five degrees every day. It's so nice. Spring train is great. We went to the Red Sox spring training two games, two days, and the Twins spring train two days. They're just practicing now. So the first couple of days we went, it was just pitchers and catchers, and there were some there were some uh, position players there as well. We went to opening day. They had an open house at at, um, at JetBlue Park for the Red Sox. So we did that one day, and it was packed. There were a lot of people there, and then uh, we went. I, I didn't. I did. Uh, yesterday we went to the twins and that was it was really good the only the problem is, is that we were there at like nine o'clock and practice didn't start till 11 so there was a lot of a lot of waiting waiting around you know drill but that's typical in in the autograph game right 
It is. Yeah. I mean, most games, whenever I go to just a regular game, I'm getting in an hour and a half beforehand if I can. So, yep. Yep. So it was pretty good. There was a, so we flew out yesterday afternoon. So I only had about maybe 45 minutes at the twins park while they were, uh, before I had to get out of this. So I got, I did get a few autographs and I met a couple of cool people that uh, were going to be future guests on the show. So we good, got, good. got some guests at, at spring training and we picked up, uh, I'm actually going back, Drew going back in a couple of weeks and uh, hey great i got some tickets for twins pirates and the red sox twin twins so we're going to go see a couple of games uh, but don't worry we won't miss any shows we'll 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 keep on plugging away um cool. also when i was in florida i bought a uh, series top series one box 23 top box i got got an autograph nice some guy, some guy i never heard of ian small from the milwaukee brewers is a pitcher all right, but but it's signed, and then I got um I got a uh, Carlos Rodon Aces card. I don't know if you've seen them. They look like playing cards. They look cool. Like, like an ace. So I got I got one of those. I got a uh, I got a Hunter Green um, numbered card. I got I got uh, all the rookies, every rookie you want. I got I got all of them. Um, all in all, I think it was a pretty it was a pretty good box. Have you gotten your box yet? I haven't yet. I might pick up a blaster here pretty soon. Uh, to see what I get out of that and. Hopefully I'll get somebody I can uh, TTM because, I mean, you know, I got to keep my streak alive here. Every single set from 51 to the present there for uh, tops ones. So got to make sure I get my 2023 to add to that one. So I'll give it a look here pretty soon, though. Yeah, the, I saw Blasters in the first couple of days we were there. We went to uh, Walmart and Target and didn't see any cards. At all. They didn't see any um, 2023 tops, but they I did see a couple of Blaster boxes when I was uh, the second to last day. Um, nice. They actually bought I got the um, the hobby box. Um, the hobby box, I think it, it was like ninety nine bucks, so it was a little more. You know, when you buy when you buy it through a, a store as opposed to getting it online, it was a little more. But you know, it was that? What it was? It was a it was a good good get, and I like the design. I like the look. Um, you've seen them, right? You've seen a lot of the cards, right? Yeah, I've seen. Uh, yeah, I've seen a few openings online and everything. So yeah, yeah, there's a lot of horizontal cards, which which is is kind of nice, and I, I think it's good. I get. I think there's a. I got um, a Julio Rodriguez. 88 card i think 88 card design yes yeah they've been using those this year which uh have sound like they're going to be pretty cool i haven't seen any of those yet but yeah so that, that was kind of good and then i got um i got Wander franco's second year card the goal i got a lot of gold cup i got uh bobby witt gold cup i got a lot of the gold cup guys so that was pretty cool that's good all right and then you went to xfl my man i did yeah saturday we had the very first xfl game of the year for the uh it's, I guess you could th say, the second relaunch of it there. Of course, they had a brief season there in 2020. They got shortened because of COVID. Brought it back for 2023. And the uh, Arlington Renegades were the uh, first team to play at home this year. They they had the uh, Vegas Vipers come to town and came from behind to beat them. They were down 14-3 at halftime. Came back to win 22-20 in the second half. And that's probably why Rod Woodson had no interest in signing for me at all. <laughs> his team kind of blew it badly there in the second half. But uh yeah, it was a good game. Um, I like the different uh, the rule changes they have there in the XFL. Makes it a lot more interesting. I think their kickoff rule needs to be adopted in the NFL for sure. Yeah, I, but, that was different. I saw. I I watched a little bit on TV. It was kind of it was a different different wrinkle. And um, I think the the defense is way ahead of the offense. Uh, it right definitely now. is. Yeah, I mean, I'm, if you look at the rosters too, I mean, there's a lot more. I mean, Vic Beasley. You remember him? Former first round draft pick, former All Pro, former Pro Bowler, led the league in sacks one year. He's playing for Vegas, playing defensive end for them. So 
the big names of the league tend to be, I think, a little bit more toward the defense. But, I mean, you've got, like, Josh Gordon is up there. He's playing up in Seattle, too. So there's a few big-name offensive guys. But, yeah, the overall defense definitely seemed to be a lot better than the offense. But, yeah, I really like it. I think the XFL is a great way to be able to kind of test out some potential rule changes for the NFL. I like the way they keep the play going and everything, the clock constant, almost constantly running. So, yeah, I like it a lot more. Did you get, any, uh, did you get a program or did you try to autograph it, graph it all? Um, I tried to get, I mean, like I said, I tried to get Rod Woodson, had no chance on him. A couple of the opposing players actually did uh, come up in the stands where they had family in town and uh, wanted to, you know, visit with them and everything. And they walked around by me. I'm like, crap, these aren't guys I have anything for though. So <laughs> didn't get anything signed at all, but yeah, I could, there's a, uh, I think you're going to have some decent ability to do so. I'm hoping, like I said, when Seattle comes in, I got to get Josh Gordon if I can. And I'm hoping for the playoffs, maybe we'll see Las Vegas and maybe I can catch them at a practice or something like that. So. Yeah, that when I, at spring training, I ha, I brought a lot of Red Sox cards and some Twins cards, and I had um, one ball for each team that I I. The problem is the Twins. I had Korea sign it first, so I, I didn't mm. want to get anyone else on that ball. So I got right. so then I had a I had a bunch of guys that I got on the Red Sox ball that I didn't have cards for, but I didn't have a picture for the Twins. So it was like if I, there were a, a few guys, two few Twin guys that I just didn't have cards for that I loved, I loved to get, I had a shot at the other autographs. The Twins were a much better signing team as a whole than the Red Sox. The Red Sox, they had an open house on, what is it, must have been Saturday, and they had tables set up for the for the guys. That, so I got six guys autographs. They didn't have to, you know, you had to wait a little in line, but at least you knew you were going to get get their autographs. And the Twins were, were really, um, they were really easy to get. Uh, the only guy that I didn't really see signing was Buxton. Buxton was about the only guy that wasn't signing. Every everyone else basically signed, and Joe Ryan was a uh, was kind of a, a ghost. No one no one saw him. The Red Sox they were all signing, um, except the day like the day open house day. They must have told them not to sign because it was a short practice, and then no one signed after practice really. So, but then but then there was signing in at the open house. And the next day, um, we went and that we got, I got Pedro, which was kind of cool. He was there. He signed for everyone for about a half hour. And uh, I got a couple of other guys, so, but it was the Red Sox spring train is really spread out. So it's hard to nail these guys down. Um, and then the twins is very con- condensed. So it was, it was easier. I like the twins much better. So um, tra- spring training is fun. The best part of the practice is it's free to get in and free parking. So it you basically, it's a free day for graphing, which is, which is kind of cool. Nice. Well, we have some uh, new releases to let everyone know about that are coming out today. So the 2022 Panini Rookies and Stars football is out. You get six cards per pack, 10 packs. You get two autos, two memorabilia cards. The boxes are going for about $385. I got a Bowman coming out with a football set. They've got their Chrome University football for 2022. 24 packs with four cards per pack, two autographs per box there as well. $135 is the price tag on that box. And then duo tomorrow is the 2020-21. Yet those that's the right dates. It's last year's uniforms, but it's the upper deck, the cup hockey. You get one pack of six cards, four autos, two inserts, memorabilia, or printing plates. Part of the autos, one is a rookie um, patch auto, which is kind of cool. Uh, a little expensive though, Drew, 1500 bucks. Ooh. I know what? just just a bit outside my price range. Just there. a bit outside our price range. So maybe we'll get get involved with a break or something, right? Yeah. 
I don't know, but that's crazy. Well, guys, there's a lot of car, uh, there's some more releases that we'll tell about tell you about on Saturday, but want to let everyone know what's coming out that came out today and tomorrow. Well, our friends at gemrate.com, gemrate.com, they do uh, our big three. This week's big three is brought to you by gemrate.com. Whose cards are hot and whose cards are cold this week? Let's find out from our friends at gemrate.com. Well, Drew, we missed the big three last week, right? Because we didn't have a show. But this, 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 these figures are from um, last week, okay? But it's right. still pretty valid. We want to keep everyone up to date. So the top risers, meaning the, the three players that had their uh, increased grading cards, right, uh, amongst mm-hmm. the four grading companies, Kobe Bryant was up 57% last week. Tom Brady was up 55%. And Julio Rodriguez, the cover boy, he was up 45%. Over the past week, the number of 1996 tops Kobe Bryant number 138 rookie cards increased by 102%. Is there was there an anniversary in there? Did we miss an anniversary of, of his death or possibly? I mean, I thought that was about a month or so ago. But you know, what's funny is I think uh, last episode we were talking a little bit about Kobe rookie cards. You said, "Hey, yeah, I want to pick up one of those tops rookie cards." Maybe your influence has caused that uh, that there giant jump. Right there. <laughs> I'd say take the credit for it. I doubt that, but that, well, thanks, Drew. Pumping on my ego. <laughs> yep, yep. And Drew, Drew, I want to let people know the droppers. Yeah, um, small drops, fortunately. So that shows you just how much, uh, how big grading is right there. I mean, the three biggest increases were all close to 50%. Three biggest drops, all under 10%. LaMelo Ball stuff has dropped 8% in the number of submissions in the past week. Shaq down 8%, and Nolan Ryan down 5%. And those are the biggest drops. So, even when the biggest drops are small like that, you know the grading is uh, even very busy right now. We got to come up with a better word than the droppers, right? The biggest drops. Yeah, the yeah. Big, but I know we got to come up with something. Well, guys, yeah. that we get we get our information uh, exclusively from GemRate.com. They uh, sponsor our big three. That's we have big three uh, risers and fallers. I don't know. It still doesn't sound right to me. <laughs> <laughs> but. We got that. We thank Jim Rate for for helping us out and, and giving us this cool these cool statistics. Well, Drew, I had a chance to interview last week Swen Nader. Swen Nader played for a number of teams in the ABA, in the NBA. He uh, was played on the UCLA. He um, is a great signer. Loves signing through through uh, the mail. And so we're going to talk, I'm going to talk to Swen about um, his career and about signing autographs. So please enjoy my interview with Swen Nader. But first, here's a message from our friends at CSG. This week's interview is brought to you by Certified Sports Guarantee, csgcards.com for superior sports card certification and grading. CSG has new lower prices for 2023. That's right. CSG has new lower prices on its most popular tiers while continuing to offer top-of-the-line service and the best slabs in the industry. With CSG's expertise, slabs, and pricing collectors will love, now is the time to submit your sports cards. See the CSG difference and submit your cards today. Go to csgcards.com to submit your cards for quick turnaround times and the best prices in the hobby. Save $10 off a yearly membership to CSG with code TTMCAST. Get your favorite cards into the industry's best holder for even less. Save $10 off your membership with code TTMCAST at csgcards.com. Joining the show is a veteran of 13 seasons in the ABA and NBA. 
He is Sven Nader. He played two seasons in UCLA and won two national championships with them. He was the 1974 ABA Rookie of the Year. He has the distinction of being the only player to have led the ABA and NBA in rebounding, something that will never be broken, right, Sven? <laughs> right. That's right. <laughs> and we talked to him about a little about his career, about signing autographs. He's a great uh, signer through the mail and, and uh, just a pleasure to uh, learn a little more about your career. Welcome to the program. Thank you. And hello to all the card collectors. I respect you. I, I get your cards and uh, I sign them. I always write a little note back um, and uh, and maybe a little something extra if, if I have it, like Coach Wooden used to do. Uh, I got a, a, um, a letter uh, yesterday that I opened yesterday from a, a girl who was, man, she was a go-getter. She's, you know, of course, straight A's and all that in high school. She does volunteer, everything. She got all these awards and everything. And she's starting to collect cards. So um, she she uh, sent in the mail some makeshift uh, cards of me, me as a Laker. You know, oh, they nice. Were, they weren't original. They weren't the, uh, you know, the kind you buy. So I happen to have an extra one of a real one in a plastic sleeve. So I signed that to her and sent it. Anyway, I appreciate I admire you guys. Appreciate it. And uh, appreciate you. And uh, we'll help you out whenever I can. Well, before, you know what? I was going to ask you about your current stuff. But since we started talking cards and collectibles, uh, are you surprised that people still uh, want your autograph and are still requesting your, your autograph so many years after you, you last played a game? No, I'm not surprised at all. You know, I'm, I'm, they probably figure I'm going to die soon. <laughs> no. <laughs> Do you have any favorite cards? Do you have any favorite cards from your playing days? Is it something that you really enjoy? Uh, there's one with me as a Laker blocking a shot. Um, I have none of me dunking the ball, and I, I dunked a lot, you know. And a hook shot, though, I got some. Yeah, me over West Unsell, that might be a really nice one. Uh, actually, yeah, that one. I like the one that I sent you, the 74 one that year. It's an ABA All-Star card that you yeah. signed for me. I really like that one. Yeah, that was a hell of a game. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about it. What, what, what do you remember about that oh game? Well, you got to remember that, you know, as a UCLA for three years, and uh, I was part of a championship my my first year there, but I was retreating, right? So I contributed but not on the team. So I won two championships there. Hardly played, you know, I played about a minute, two minutes a game behind Walton. Uh, I had a chance in the Olympic trials. Coach Wooden got me in there. And so I got, uh, I led the whole thing in scoring. Uh, so I got some notoriety there. And then uh, I played in the Pete's Hut All-Star game, which was at the end of the season for all the seniors, about 12, you know, 12 against 12. Yep. And uh, it was MVP of that. So people knew who I was and Wayne Embry of the uh, Milwaukee Bucks um, drafted me first round. So, um, but, you know, I didn't have the experience, right? So I got into uh, a guy with the, the, the Virginia Squires and I was there about a month and I wasn't even starting. Uh, I should have, but <laughs> I wasn't even starting. And then they traded me to Spurs, who needed a center. And I came in right away, started scoring 20 a game. My first game was against Gilmore. I got 24 and about 18 rebounds. Was he as hard to play against as everyone says? No, no, he's not. No, he's he won't block your shot. Not a hook shot. Never did. And he was easily faked out. Um, and, you know, 
he's he's not real quick, so <laughs> you can take him out a little bit, shoot on him. He was just not, a big um, man, right? He was a yeah, he's a big man, and he'll he'll he had games where he decided he was going to block twelve shots, and he did, you know. But they were usually everybody else's. But yeah, he was he was good at that. But he never blocked with the right hand. So um, no, the God, the toughest guys to play against were like the, the Ansel, um, the Alvin Adams. Uh, yep. You know the uh, West. How about Cowens? Was Cowens tough? Cowens was tough to play against because he'd take you outside. <laughs> you know, we didn't want to go out there. We didn't want to go out there um, away from the hoop. So yeah, they uh, they they're like a forward, right? And so, yeah. How about Bob Lanier? Because Bob Lanier was your teammate for for a while. Was he a tough guy to go against? No, he wasn't my teammate. You mean on the spirit on the Bucks? Yeah. No, he was gone. Okay. Elmore Smith was there, and then he left. Um, Bob, Bob was a tough guy. Yeah. What a talent. My God. Great touch with the ball. Um, you know, but I don't know where I was going with it, but anyway, so, um, so when I, uh, started, uh, playing for the Spurs, all of a sudden I was, you know, can candidate for rookie of the year almost instantly. Yep. And I played as much as I wanted to. And, uh, and so that year, I got voted to be on the second team of the West All-Star ABA. And the game yep. was in Norfolk, Virginia, who had just traded me. <laughs> fans loved me down there, right? And it was at the Scope Arena. So the fans were behind me. Everything fell into place. I came off the bench. My, my teammates started passing me the ball. I got rebounds. I got 29 and 22, I think, right? Wow. And we lost. And so Artis Gilmore on the other team got MVP. He had 13 points and eight rebounds. I had 29 and 22. But anyway, that's what I remember about that game. That was kind of a, that was my first national, uh, you know, game where everybody in the country saw me and I, I dominated. Do you think your game was more conducive to the ABA style? Because uh, you really excelled uh, in the ABA. Well, I had you know a lot of opportunity to play there. No, I'm. I, I was raised on the on the uh, in the the um, the inner city. I was not raised, you know, by my mom and dad, but basketball wise, that's where I went to grow up. From the first time I started, which was actually in in, in uh, junior college, I never played in high school. Never was on the team, and uh, and that's where my coach sent me and drove me down to uh, to learn how to play the game. So I was used to playing in these kind of games where, you know, you don't pass the ball much, <laughs> you know, you, uh, this is your opportunity to score and you can, this is where you get better. And, uh, and that's where you learn to rebound and that's where you learn to block shots. And that's where you learn to not get your shot blocked. And because you know how it is down there, it's, you know, they'll foul you and you just take the ball out. So, there's yep. no free so you learn how to work through fouls and score anyway, you know, all of that. And so, an all-star game is just that it's pickup basketball, right? There's no offense. <laughs> so, yep. and ABA, no, ABA, we had plays, especially in the Selkie and the Spurs. You had so many plays that we just slowed it down, slowed it down. And we had Gervin and, and I had a great outlet pass. I don't know why we didn't run more, but anyway, that's where I grew up. Do you, uh, you know, you were, you had the distinction of being, I think the first player, to be drafted in the first round that never started a game in college. Um, 
Did you, what did you learn playing for coach Wooden? And I, I know you wrote a book with him. Uh, was he, was he a real mentor to you and really helped mold your game? While I was playing there, he was a mentor to me by example. Okay. You know, and the things he said, but he didn't spend time with us off the court. You know, he didn't go, you know, let's, let's go get some pizza or let's go to right. see, you know, I guess he would have, but, uh, few of us asked him because he was you know a family man and coaching was his job and then uh, he went home where he uh he loved being at home right so uh yeah i learned uh i learned by uh by his example after i graduated is when i really got to know him we wrote uh, two books together and you know and um, that kind of thing so it was a uh and what was your question I was just saying, if he mentored you and if he really molded your game as a young man. Yeah. Um, when he recruited me out of Cypress College, and you know, my first year at Cypress, that was my first year of basketball. I didn't play except the last couple of games I got in the game. But then, you know, I went to the inner city, L.A. I was lucky to be in L.A. area where you could find really good games in a lot of places. <clears throat> my second year, I was All-American. And we played UCLA freshman team because they, at that time, the freshmen had to, they couldn't be on the varsity. Right. So we played them at Potley Pavilion and we beat them. And I had about 30 points or something and, you know, 15, 18 rebounds. So Coach Wooden saw me and he, uh, he recruited me to back up Bill Walton. And he said, Swen, if you sign with us, I can't promise you any playing time. In fact, you're probably not going to play hardly at all but you're going to play against the best center in the country in practice every day. And you're going to get the fundamentals and the experience for me, because during practice, we do a lot of scrimmaging. And so that was absolutely the best choice I've ever made was, uh, was, was going to UCLA. Oh yeah. I would not have, I remember I had five years to make pro once I started playing. So, uh, yeah, I would not have, if I went somewhere else other than UCLA, I would not have received that fundamentals and playing against the best team in the country every day, right? Yeah, by far, right? Because that was when they were when UCLA was powerhouse. That was ranked, uh, I think ESPN or somebody ranked them the best team ever, right? The 73? Yeah, I mean, what, the 76 uh, Indiana team and, and the UCLA team were kind of neck yep. and neck, right? Yep. So the... So um, when you do you have any memorabilia from your playing days in terms of college? Did you keep any uniforms or did you get any uh team balls or anything like that? No, no, no balls. No. Did they get did you get championship rings or, or anything from when you go on national championships? I, I sold them. Did you? And I sold my all-star uniforms, that rings and uh, watches. Did you get what did you get for winning the uh, ABA rookie of the year? Did you get a, an award for that? Um, yes, I did. I got a watch. And in my contract, I got a, a little bonus. It wasn't, okay. wasn't much, but yeah. Did you, you played for the, uh, the Buffalo Braves and, and the, when they moved to San Diego, the Clippers, um, with John Way Brown and that whole mess with the Celtics, was that a turbulent time for you or you weren't really, you, as a player, you kind of stayed away from that? <laughs> I went from Buffalo to San Diego. <laughs> I know that's like getting a raise, isn't it? 
That was not very turbulent. <laughs> yeah, he, I'm when sure you're very that, happy about the, that move. <laughs> when I heard that, you know, I, and I'm from Southern California, right? I'm from Cypress and L.A. and and we're going to San Diego. And San Diego is probably one of the most beautiful spots in the continental U.S. In the continental U.S. So, no, that wasn't. But, but I, yeah, I heard what was going on. There was a, actually the owners traded uh their teams almost half yeah actually well, I'm, a, I'm a celtic fan so i remember that that that, that that's our dark, dark days you know yeah yeah it was it was a tough time for the Celtics. we were the clippers were actually more celtics than the celtics were celtics right as far as the trades with uh there was not only player trades but uh there were um contract trades and, and all kinds of things you know so and, and levin was our boss Right, and yep. then I think John Roy Brown was was yeah. uh, no. John Roy Brown went to Boston. He went to Boston. He, yeah, right. He was. You, uh, you played with the Lakers in '83 and '84 um, with Magic and and Kareem. Was that was that the best team that you played with? Oh yeah, that was the best team I played with. Not the most fun, but the best team. How come it wasn't fun? Oh, it was fun, but it wasn't the most fun. Most okay. fun I had was in San Diego with uh, Lloyd Free, Spoonie with a spoon, Kermit Washington. You never knew what he was going to do. Randy Smith, who kept us all laughing. Freeman Williams, who could score like a mother, but couldn't play defense. Right? Well, he could, but he didn't decide not to. Uh, we had a couple other. Uh, we have Cooners. Was, back was Walton on those teams? He was hurt, right? But was he on those teams? Who? Bill Walton. Uh, he came in a trade with Portland. They had a. That's when there was compensation trade. Okay. Clippers traded for Bill and compensated two or three players and some other stuff. And that was the end of the Clippers. We were building. We were growing, and Bill, Bill didn't play much. And they had the other players, and that was you know. That was, we were we you lost. There, were you there when Maxwell came? Was he Maxwell Cedric Maxwell one of your teammates? No. No, he was he was after you. Was he on the Clippers? Yeah, he got traded for Walton. Oh, he did. Oh, I see. Yeah, and then Bill loved it in Boston. Yeah, Bill Bill was great in Boston. I actually I, I rode down an elevator with Bill at the National Sports Collectors Convention this summer, and I talked to him a little a little about his time with the Celtics. He he really loved it there. I bet you didn't get a word in. Yeah, he's a he's a very very good. Uh, Gregarious guy, right? <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> that that's very cool. We're speaking with Swen Nader. Swen Nader played uh, 13 years in the NBA. He played in ABA. He played with the Virginia Squires, the San Antonio Spurs, the New York Nets, the Milwaukee Bucks, the Buffalo Braves, and the San Diego Clippers, the Lakers. And then he finished his career in Australia. What was it like playing in Australia at the end of your career? Uh, Italy. Italy. Okay, I'm sorry. Italy. Did you like playing in Italy? Loved it. It was, uh, I, I kind of knew it was going to be my last year. And it was an opportunity to take the family to another country. My kids were really young uh, and, and experience that, you know, and make money at the same time. So in hindsight, I should have stayed with the Lakers. Yeah, because you would have won a championship, right? Yeah. And we almost won one, one you know, the seventh game, right? Yep. The year that I was with them. I should have stayed not only for the championship. Well, yeah, for the championship. 
<laughs> do you do you have a most memorable moment on on the court as as a professional? <laughs> I got a few. Oh, give me. You know, let, tell a story. All right, I'll tell you a story. <clears throat> I was with Milwaukee Bucks, nineteen seventy six. The All Star Game was there that year. I had. Uh, I had come in just out of the ABA and uh, was making my mark. I think Elmore Smith was there. I started playing really well. They traded Elmore. And I started averaging, you know, I started rebounding like, like crazy. So all-star break comes. So we fly in. My wife's uh, mother and grandmother, she's 80. She's 80 then. Her name was... Um, Irene Wire. Okay, and she loved basketball, and they're all from Indiana. So, you know, they're from Evansville. Yeah, right. in their blood. Oh, my God. So, if they see a driveway without a hoop, you know, it's like fingernails on a black one. Okay. <clears throat> so, so, I'm playing the last game. Um, it's against New York. With Lonnie Shelton, who was a rookie. Sure. Last game before the All-Star break. So my wife's mother and grandmother and my wife were there and uh, in the stands. So at the beginning of the game, I get about three quick offensive rebounds on Lonnie and put him back in. You know, we're up by about five. And Hubie Brown was the coach. And he called timeout. And for a whole minute, he yelled at Lonnie. <laughs> block that guy out box that guy out exactly so so we come back out and um, you know they had called timeout so that means they have the ball so we go down and then they uh, we get the ball and we come down and another shot goes up and Lonnie just turns and faces me and just bows just <laughs> knocks right on your butt he tries to knock me on my butt he hit my chest and start moving toward me. So, you know, I guess he didn't want to be taken out of the game for if I got another rebound. Because uh, I, I think uh, Hubie said, if that guy gets another rebound, you're not playing or something. I don't know. So, uh, anyway, he started coming after me. So, I waited a second, and then I tagged him with a really good left right in the snaz, and then about five or six rights, and he went down. And I went down on top of him. And then his feet ended up being by my head, my feet by his. He tried to kick me. They were separating us. While this was going on, Irene Wire, my wife's grandma, came out of the stands. And, you know, they didn't have security at that time. Yeah. Walked down the floor and was hitting Lonnie over the head with a purse. (laughs) And she got a (laughs) T. What did your wife say? Was she was she beside herself? She's shaking her head. But uh, she had seen it before. So um, anyway, I got kicked out of the game. Lonnie gets kicked out of the game. At that time, it was just two technicals for a fight. It was like yeah. 250. So I walked in the locker room. And Wayne Embry, my GM, he walked in the locker room. I thought he was going to kill me. <laughs> but he shook my hand. And he said, uh, that was a great fight. He said, I'll pay the fine. And so that was that. And the next day, uh, we had practiced at the arena because we had another home game. 
uh, and the Evan Rood Motor Company, which is based, I don't know if they're still based in Milwaukee, <laughs> had four or five boxes of just stuff for me with a note that said, great fight, <laughs> bags, t-shirts, whatever. That's awesome. Did you that ever was... talk to Lonnie Shelton about it or no? No. Okay. No, no need to talk about it. Did you... Um... Did you have a favorite stadium or a favorite crowd to to play against? Is it, was there there a place where you really uh, enjoyed going? Uh, I've never been asked that question. The you know the sports arena in San Diego because we used to fill it up back then. We had a, yeah. almost about nine thousand. It was pretty good. We'd be rocking, especially when Lloyd Free was you know was was scoring. Just putting it up. Yeah, I mean, I remember him when he was with the um, 76ers. Boy, was he good. Yeah, he was good. But he, he got his chance there because, you know, uh, uh, who was the coach? Who was our coach there? Um, Gene Shue. Gene Shue, right? Who had coached in Philly, right? Yeah. So the thing, you know, was really weird. Dr. Jake joined the, the 76ers, and he was a personality, but he didn't try to be personality. He just, he was just, a, you know, charismatic didn't say a lot. Uh, great guy, um, and obviously a great player who who got the most attention. Well, Daryl Dawkins and Lloyd Free didn't like that, and maybe Jellybean didn't either. I don't know. <laughs> you know, that's that's uh, Kobe's. Uh, yeah, yeah. Right? He played with us in San Diego. Head case. Anyway, so uh, so. All of a sudden, you get Chocolate Thunder, and you get Lloyd, and you get World Free because they want to get attention too. You know, they came up with these names. Yeah, Doc had a name, Doctor J, so I'm going to be Chocolate Thunder, and I'm going to be World or whatever. <clears throat> it was an interesting time. Was the Boston Garden was that floor as bad as they say it was? Was it with all the the dead spots and and uh, the yeah, the old Boston that. Garden I'm talking about and the bad showers and and such? I asked uh, Dennis Johnson. I said, "I said, man, there's some dead spots." <laughs> he said, "Yeah, we know where they are. You don't, but uh, and I have a map. <laughs> I have a map." <laughs> That's funny. You wouldn't give me the map. Does there um, one opponent that you enjoyed <laughs> playing against? Was it somebody that that um, as a center that you like going against? It was you know, did you like going against Kareem? Did you like going against? Uh, you know, some of these other big guys. Yeah, you always like going against somebody you're going to score against. But, yeah, Kareem was always fun to play against because <clears throat> you knew he was going to get the ball. And, and you, you hope you learned some things from the last time. He got 40 on me once, I guess. He got 50 on Walton, though, because he just wanted to make a statement. Um, uh, yeah, he was fun. To, to, to It was a challenge, right? It was a yep. challenge. And so that was always fun, uh, but there were there were others. Uh, Walton, he was a tough shot. He was a tough when he was, uh, you know, in his prime in the pros when they won championship. Uh, it was uh, you never knew what he was going to do, and his passing was so amazing. So, but I'd say Kareem, yeah, that would be the biggest challenge. Do you, do you watch today's NBA? Do you watch much basketball now? I got to tell you a Kareem story first. Sure. Uh, the answer to that is no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So I'm with the Clippers and we go up to LA. We actually drive to LA, take a bus and go to the forum to play the Lakers. Somehow I forgot my, my shoes. And I wore Adidas size 16. And uh, yeah, they, you can't just go to the store and buy those. <laughs> no, so I'm in the locker room. You know, I got to the locker room. I don't have any shoes, but I know Kareem has the same size shoe and the same shoe, Adidas. So I asked uh, the ball boy to go over and ask Kareem if I can have a pair of his shoes. So he comes back with a pair of Kareem shoes. I put them on. Now they got purple stripes and we have blue uniforms. Yep. So it looked a little weird, but that game I had. Uh, about 30-some points and 28 rebounds, and we beat him at the forum. Nice. So, so I'm in the locker room uh, after the game, and the ball boy comes in. He said, uh, can I have those shoes? I said, he wants them back? He said, yeah, he wants them back, and he's never going to give you another pair of shoes again. <laughs> <laughs> you wore out your welcome, right? Yeah, I did, yeah. That's fair. But very most of the time, he got the better of me. I don't watch a lot of uh, uh, basketball. I, I will watch the Golden State Warriors because they're a passing team. Yep. But uh, I will, uh, this guy Harden, I will never watch him, no matter what. He's the most obnoxious, uh, unbasketball player I've ever seen. Uh, all the flopping and stuff, and you know, and then the, the selfishness. He'll never win a championship, right? Yep. I'll watch uh, Kevin Durant, see how he's doing. You know, he's going to Phoenix, right? Yeah. So that might be really good for Phoenix and for him. Uh, one of the best players I've ever seen. As long as it's passing, uh, I'll probably watch it. But never at the beginning of the season, not even right now. I'll, maybe as we go on to the playoffs, I'll, I'll check out who's uh, who's winning. You were you – were, uh, um... Were you a card collector as a kid? Did you did you collect baseball cards? Or I know you're from uh, Europe, so you, that wasn't really in your lexicon, right? No, but we had a, a player in Europe in uh, Holland by the name of Abe Lenstra, who was our national hero. Okay, soccer. soccer. Um, and I have his book. I still have his book that my grandma bought me. Uh, I, the cover's not on it anymore, but I got the book. It's really cool. But no, I never collected any. I wasn't interested in, and I didn't watch much many games when I was playing, at all. You know, NBA games or college. You've always been so generous about signing cards through the mail. Is that just uh, what? Why do you think that is? Um, well, I, I think it's common courtesy. I uh, there are some players that may look at it as, oh well, this guy's going to make money by selling them. I say, so, <laughs> you know, uh, I probably most of them don't, but it doesn't matter. They're asking me for an autograph. It's an honor for them to ask me, but I'll tell you a story. I was, uh, visiting coach Wooden in his Encino condo, spending a few hours with him and he's sitting in his reclining chair and he said, Swin, do you mind if I uh, just go to the, my roll top desk and just uh, do the, do my mail? I said, sure. No, I mean, I don't mind. So he went over and opened up some mails. He got a, a letter from the March of Dimes, and he uh, he paid them and gave, wrote them a check because he always supported the March of Dimes. And then he had a, a two or three 
Well, he had a lot of fan mail. I think he had 12 that day. So he opened up a couple and he always wrote on there a note to him, their uh, Jim, thank you and best wishes or something, right? Or something about the letter. Yep. Uh, that may have struck him. Uh, if they asked him a question, you know, who's the, uh, your favorite coach besides yourself or something? Uh, what was your favorite game you ever coached? You know, those kind of, he, he would answer those. And then he would always put in a, a pyramid of success card and uh, seven creed, the, the, the creed that his uh, father gave him, the seven point creed card in there that were signed. And then, and then one time, uh, it might've been that same day, there was a box that came in and it was a basketball for him to sign. He signed the basketball and he put it back in the box and sealed it up. And of course, you know, for him, the mailman would pick up things. Sure. You know, he could just put it on the porch and the mailman would know that because he had so much, right? But this time he decided, let's go to the post office and make sure there's enough postage. So he took all of his mail that he answered all the the fan mail and the March of Dimes letter, took it all to the post office, and then the box didn't have enough postage on it. So he paid the extra postage. Wow. And sent it. And that's why I do this. Yeah, it's I mean, as a fan, it, it, it's such a thrill to get a return from, from somebody like you. And it just it gives it gives you that opportunity that one-on-one -on -one opportunity even if it's only for a brief moment or two to say oh you know he was a great guy he signed my card or signed uh, answered my questions and um it's 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 really uh it's it's really a fun hobby that way yeah, yeah do you did you ever buy any packs of cards when you were playing to try to get your own card no never no. <laughs> i find that amazing really <laughs> i do I would have been buying boxes of cards to to get my own card. I give my own card in the mail as soon as I start playing. People they, send they, it like, and they want an autograph, right? Yeah. And once in a while, they say you can keep one. That's fair. That, so that's you guys fair. out there, when you send me something, just send me an extra one, and I'll, <laughs> give, and I'll give it to somebody else, like that girl that I, that I gave one to yesterday. Did about. you collect autographs from people that you played against, or not? I asked. Uh, I saw Bill Russell at an airport and asked him, and he said no. Really? Yeah, because he he didn't sign autographs. Well, he did later in his life. He did. Yeah, he did. Yeah, and he's. Uh, I worked for Costco. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I've been working for Costco for 27 years, and our CEO, our first CEO, Jim Senegal, was really good friends, and just uh, well was you know because Bill passed away, but they were very close, and so I saw. A basketball in Jim's office that uh, had the little green with envy. Oh, it's signed. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that 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 guy was. I knew Will Chamberlain. I didn't really know Bill, but I knew Wilt uh, fairly well. Spent some time with him. Worked out with him a couple times, uh, and he was really something. Wilt was a great, great, great guy. Uh, just gave me a pair of shoes, uh, socks, and taught me, talked to me. But uh, Bill is a, he might have the greatest basketball mind for a player we've ever seen. He and Jordan and, uh, and Bird and probably Magic. 
that's that may be about it for the top. Yeah, I mean, you must have seen some Magic playing do some incredible things because you were playing with him when he was at his peak. He must have he must have been one of one of your best teammates. Yeah, he was an incredible point guard and leader, uh, and he did some amazing things with the ball. You know, some some fakes, and he was he 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 was ahead of the of the play, right? He was thinking ahead of the play, like you know, Wayne Gretzky's Wayne Gretzky said. I never play the puck where it is. I play it where it's going to be. Yeah. <laughs> and um, but uh, Bird was better. I don't think anybody saw the game that far ahead. You know that w- what was developing. Sure. You know what I'm saying on both sides of the court, what was developing, and and I'm sure you can remember some uh, steals that he had at the end of a game. Yep, that one against the the yeah, Pistons uh, in the playoffs. The Pistons, yeah. Where he got it and bounced it to uh, DJ, the DJ, yeah, TJ and uh, DJ, and uh, he he laid it up, right? Um, so, yeah. Uh, did, did you uh, we did you ever take any three pointers? Because you were an inside player, did you? I took you, two, two, and they were both desperation. <laughs> oh, that's too bad. One, one was a you know, a shot, and I, I made it. Oh, you made it. I think so. And uh, the other was a hook shot right by the, my bench because it was with the Clippers and nobody was open. They left me open <laughs> <laughs> for obvious reasons. So I got it and, and hooked it uh, and hit the rim. But uh, they asked Gene Shue after the game, uh, did you tell Swin to shoot a hook shot? He said, no. <laughs> no, but I'm not surprised he did. Who Who's the best shooter you played against? Shooter? Yeah. In my day, uh, Louis Dampier was a hell of a shooter. Yeah, he was really good, wasn't he? Yeah, he was a hell of a shooter. Uh, and of course, uh, Rick Mount. Yeah, I just Mount. got a card back from, uh, from him. Yeah, yeah, he was a great scorer. Uh, Did you play against Mar- uh, Maravich at all? Yeah, I played against Maravich. Uh, he, great, great shooter, great playmaker. Uh, <laughs> I saw him play against UCLA um, when I was still at Cypress College. I went, in, I got in the games. I knew a guard or something that opened the door and let us in, security guard. But uh, yeah, he's he's incredible. But not, you know, as great a shooter as some of those guys. But we didn't have a, a Steph Curry, not not somebody who could shoot that far. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Did you see him in the finals this past year? He he was shooting from half court almost. Yeah, when he gets hot, I don't know how he just. It's probably something that, you know. They say you wonder how they do it. You look to see the knack. You watch the foot in action and the shoulder in the back. But when you spot the answer where the higher glamours lurk, you'll find in moving higher up the laurel covered spire that the most of it is practice and the rest of it is work. <laughs> Very good. We're well, speaking with Swen Nader. Swen Nader played 13 seasons in the ABA and NBA. He played with the Virginia Squires, the San Diego, San Antonio Spurs, the New York Nets, the Milwaukee Bucks, the Buffalo Braves, and San Diego Clippers, the Los Angeles Lakers. He was a two-time ABA All-Star. He was ABA Rookie of the Year in 1974. He was NBA and ABA 
rebound leader, something that will never be broken. No one will ever do that. That that must be kind of cool for you. 1975 ABA le- rebound leader, 1980 NBA leader. He was a two-time NCAA champion with UCLA. He actually never started a game in college, yet he was a first-round pick in 1973 with the Milwaukee Bucks. He is, uh, we've got over... 8,000 rebounds, scored over 8,000 points, had 1,200 assists. What a resume. I <laughs> appreciate it, but you missed something. What did I miss? I'm in the 30-30 club. Oh, okay. When did you do that? 30 points, 30 rebounds. With Milwaukee, 33 points, 30 rebounds or, or reversed. I think it was 30.33 rebounds against Atlanta. But back in the day, you guys, you weren't, you didn't know what you were doing. You weren't shooting for those numbers. That just was, was natural, right? Yeah. Well, I was, I was going for one rebound every two minutes. That was my goal. That's what Will Chamberlain told me to do. And if he said, if you do that, you keep looking at the stat sheet. And if you're behind, you got to get some more. You'll help your team. Did you have a knack of, of, of getting the ball finding the ball when it came off the rim or did you, it was just hard yeah. work and positioning? Well, the most important thing is to assume every shot is missed. You watch some games and the ball is shot and guys start backing away from the hoop. I started moving toward the hoop. I just assumed it was going to be missed. The second is get your hands up. And three, go get the ball. Is an offensive rebound harder than a defensive rebound? Yeah, it's it's more difficult. But it depends on the the player you're playing against. If you're playing against Moses Malone, a defensive rebound would be more difficult. <laughs> possibly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. Because he's so good at getting in there. Some guys are just persistent. And uh, and he was one of the few. Uh, of course, Rodman was another one that, wow. Boxing yeah, I was going to ask, why, why was he such a great rebounder? Is that what? Well, he's a great athlete. He's quick. He loved to get the ball. He knew that was his job, and it was a challenge. He took it as a personal challenge, that part of the game, against whoever's trying to block him. Very cool. Well, Swen Nader, thank you very much for your time today. Thank you for being a great TTMer, guys. Swen signs through the mail. He he loves getting fan mail. Uh, Send him a card or send him a note. He's a a gracious signer. I want to thank you for your time today. It was a pleasure learning a little about your career, learning a little about your time in college and the pros, and and it was really a pleasure meeting you. You too, Jim. Hello, everybody, and uh, take care. Send me your cards. All right, guys. Thank (laughs) you. Thanks, Swen. Thank you, Jim. All right, Drew. We got TTM cast one on one. We got it. We got it. We got it in the books, right? Yep, got this one knocked out. I know we're back in the in the regular cycle, the regular schedule. We will have a show this Saturday. Drew and I will be uh, going. Well, I'm sure we'll have a long uh, burn wrap minute, right, with all all the people that have passed. Yeah. Drew, how's your returns been? Pretty decent. I've got uh, one big one that I'll be mentioning on Saturday there, and a couple others have been. Uh, Mailed out 13 the other day. I've got another 20 sitting here that I just need to write up and get out. So uh, it's coming along. Nice. So guys, we'll be be doing returns. We'll have all regular segments, Baker's Dozen. We will have more from Les with Les Wolf. Les Wolf will be joining us. I'm going to talk to Les tomorrow, and and we'll be recording that for Saturday. I also spoke with Adam Robert. He is a collector out of Pennsylvania, and he is trying – I think he's got about – 
10 sets that he's trying to get signed drew and they're all like he has he's better than 50 percent on all of them all like 60s i mean 70s and 80s sets so uh we talked to adam about collecting and about ttming so he will be joining us in collector's corner next week next wednesday we're going to have ezra levine who is uh, ceo at collectibles.com we're going to talk to ezra about that the thing we talked about that bwltc you remember that thing drew that no you no neither of us understood yep we're going to talk to him about that ezra is also they're getting ready for the mint collective in las vegas at the end of uh march we're going to talk to him about that and talk to anything that that's uh everything that's going on at collectibles.com i'll be talking to him on monday and we'll play that uh interview on wednesday um and we've got all sorts of collectors and other other stuff in store for you guys um drew anything else you want to add before we let you go i think we're pretty well covered anything i got we'll get in on saturday Okay, guys, we will see you Saturday. Wishing everyone many happy returns. Remember, we will have a show posting this Saturday, and it will be up around noontime, right, Drew? Yep, something like that. Okay, guys, be good. Have a good rest of the week, and we'll talk to you. We'll see you on Saturday. (laughs) 